Hello and welcome to the Eurovision Division podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about all 43 songs in this year's Eurovision Song Contest before this year's Eurovision Song Contest. Cutting it close. I am your host, Jeroen, and I've listened to all of these songs at least once. And I'm your co-host, Mira, and I've listened to most of these songs at least once. But I still have a lot to go that I will be listening to on this podcast for the very first time. Absolutely. And I specifically say I've listened to most of these at least once because there's been a few times that I surprised myself that I said, okay, today we'll listen to that country. And when I thought about it, I realized, huh, either I haven't listened to this one in a month now because mm-hmm. you know these are 43 songs you don't listen to 43 of the same songs over and over again i mean there's some that i'm there's there's a few that make that i'm like i like that and i'll listen to it more there's some that i've listened to once or twice and then kind of was like okay that's not ever going to do anything for me i'm not going to listen to it anymore and then some of those songs surprise on the night or surprise me when we listen to them again and make me go, oh, actually, that's fine. They make me reconsider. Uh, a Michal Spock from Poland might surprise me because when we listened to it last year at the start of our podcast, it was... we both kind of hated it. Yeah. A lot. We were and just like, this is really song. just not, there's nothing about this that appeals to me. It's too much, we said. Uh, and then when it came down to it, we realized it was just right. It- it was the best song ever. Emotional ballads are good sometimes. <laughs> okay. The counterweight to that, of course, is that emotional ballads are bad sometimes. Now, Yeroen, I feel like you're gonna tell me about that time about a month ago when we went to see cats now listen we've been sitting on this anecdote uh for a while uh we have lots of things to talk about what it comes down to is that uh we went to see the musical cats not even just the musical cats we went to see the premiere of cats yeah the premiere of cats in antwerp performed by the touring cast of cats it was a very high society event now listen it was because after the show we went into an uh, a very fancy room and we got very fancy little bite-sized dude they were so good bite-sized meals very tasty food we kind of like charmed the waiting staff into just leaving full trays of these snacks at our table. Yeah, just bringing us little motes of salmon and bringing us little spoons full of beef. And we got and just fucking hammered in front of my dad. Oh yeah, we must also <laughs> uh, not neglect to tell the important fact that the only reason we were really there is because your dad got us ticks. Yeah, he was like, I want to know what, I want to see, I think my dad wants to listen to the podcast without listening to the podcast. He just wants to hear, uh, like, kind of get into our world. I think he wants to understand what we're like when it's just us two. 
Because I think we try a lot to be talking the same way that we talk to each other with your dad there often. But yeah. he doesn't often get it. And that's not a slide at him in any way. Cause it's there's, more, it's there's, a slide at cause, us. Because there's no way that he could. The way that we talk to each other is very strange. Uh, we are very into musical theater, which shouldn't be that weird because we're into Eurovision. I like musicals. So do I. However... And also, like, my dad likes musical. I went to see West Side Story with him. However... However... We did not like cats. Like, during the intermission, he turns to us and he's like, So, as lovers of the genre <laughs> musical, within the genre... This isn't considered good, right? And we said, No, father. Cats holds the very particular honor of being... The worst musical ever written. Re reviled outside of musical circles because people are like, that's what musicals are, I hate it. Cats, I hate musicals. And being sort of reviled within the musical scene as well because Cats is the worst musical. If anyone listening loves cats, I'm so sorry. There there are some things in it that, like, if I squint, you know, I could get why someone might be into cats. Like I can get that if you watch it as a kid and you really like it, then as an adult you still like it. Yeah, it might be more like that. I don't know. It, it might often be kids who've seen it on DVD and then like are get are got really into cats. And Listen, then... I fucking hate cats. We can but say that, I though. will not judge anyone who fucking loves cats. No, we. I mean, we can say that, but people got into it in the 80s. Which is a weird time anyway. People got into it as a show before like they could have seen it as kids and now they're still into it. People saw it for the first time when we went to see it and God. loved it. In the year 2017, someone saw Cats for the first time and during intermission, as we walked down the stairs... A, a, a man of middle age... At least. At least, turned to another middle-aged man. They were both seemingly heterosexual. And he said... It was a fabulous spectacle. At that point, me and Mira turned towards each other and have no, have no, we have no words because we thought that the only reason that cats survived was because people were too afraid at intermission to say that it was terrible. Who's your favorite cat? We are not doing cat. We are not doing the favorite cat joke again. We're not doing the cat. <laughs> I'm gonna post that video. To the Tumblr. Uh, there is a video uh, of me, I think the day oh. the day after we went to see Cats. When we were like lying in the couch hungover talking about our... Possibly. Well, we did get fucking happy. Uh, dissecting uh, the contents of the musical Cats. It's a good video. It's, it's very, um, it goes very in depth and uh, it, it's not necessary to repeat our thoughts. Uh, Cats, of course is one of the musicals written by Lord Sir Dame Andrew Lloyd Webber, who, as I must have told you before, um, gave Britain their best result in the past We've seen 20 this. years. No, not 20 years. That's when they won last. Excuse me. Whoops. Um, 
<laughs> You've shown me this. Move into action, Britain. That was a little dig at you. Um, who have definitely given uh, the UK their Why best... Can After the Brexit, nur, 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 nur. Thanks for that. <laughs> I was like, how can I be the most hateful I can be on this episode of the podcast? Talk about cats. Okay, well let's let's see what other jokes about the UK we need to make though, because like, can they be in Eurovision? Because they're so they're not. Mm, they don't want to be at Brexit. Um, and can they? Mm, no one votes for us anyway. It's political. It's um, it's not. Your songs are bad. So political? How? If you send Jade Ewan singing the song "It's My Time" as written by Andrew Lloyd Webber, which was a very musical theater performance, wasn't he? And it was not very good, but it did finish in fifth place, I believe. Yikes. Um, then it might be understandable to reach into a similar pool of musical theater talent. Are we talking about Britain this episode? Yes. That's established now, yes. right? Yes, we are yeah. talking about the UK. The UK had a pre-selection this year, uh, as they did last year, called Eurovision, You Decide, Making it clear to the public of BBC4 that they can... I think it was on BBC2 this year. So they've moved up two channels. Wow. Um, yeah, taking it seriously. I, um, even though Mel Gedroge still really wants to call it Eurovish, which I don't think it's going to happen. We love you, Mel, Mel, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, we love you, Mel, but please don't do that. Six acts of, of, of varying... Degrees of songs written by Scandinavian writers. Yikes! Um, of which perhaps the most notable Scandinavian writer uh, wrote the winning song. By which I mean, of course, uh, that the UK song was written by Emily de Forest. Oh shit! Who won for Denmark in the year 2013. <laughs> That was beautiful. <laughs> the song is written by Emily DeForest, who is Danish, uh, and will. Um, but the song will be performed by a British artist. It will be performed by Lucy Jones. Who's that now? And Lucy Jones is, well, first of all, she participated on The X Factor, uh, but beyond that, she is also a West End actress. Ooh! So Lucy what she jo played? Lucy Jones has had some experience uh, in musical theater. Has she played, I don't know, such famous roles as Rumple Teaser? No, among, among some other roles, she's played Cosette in the West End production of Les Miserables. Young Cosette or uh, it was less in, young it, it was in 2010, so it would have just been Cosette. Just Cosette. I don't know how old she is. Uh, she's played Elle Woods in yes! Legally Blonde. Oh my god! No, that's my favorite Sometime musical. last year. That wasn't on the West End. Oh, fuck me. I love her. She's been in the tour for Rent as Maureen. Which one's Maureen? I, I think, don't like Rent. I think Maureen is the Idina Menzel role. Oh. Which is still, I guess, the best part in Rent. As in, like, the part you want to play, but not, like, 
a good, not like the actual best part because there are not really any good parts to rent either. No, I want to play um, the main character. Mark? No. From now on, I shoot without a script. Mimi? No, not Mimi. Giovanni from La Boheme, Mancini. I don't think that's Robert. Mark. Robert. Probably. Roberto. Robert, probably. Because he had that great song where he's like driving around and he's like in the mountains and it's very high school musical. I can't believe she was Elle Woods. Elle Woods is my dream role. Elle Woods is a very good part to play. Um, and I if guess I can anyone see listening has not seen Lily Blonde musical, I've dedicated half my life to trying to convince people that Legally Blonde the Musical is super fucking good. Okay, yeah, it does, it, it is important to, to say that. Legally Blonde the Musical is a very good musical. It's so Unlike good. Cats. Unlike Cats, of course. We've talked a lot about musicals. In, in general and on the podcast. I meant mostly on this episode, uh, by which I also meant to say, perhaps it's time we talk about... The United Kingdom's song for Eurovision 2017, which will be performed by Lucy Jones, and which will be titled, Never Give Up On You. Never Give Up On You. Yeah, so is there a joke ready for you? Do you have, like, the most obvious joke already right now? Because everyone's made the joke, let's make it. It's time to give up on Britain. Never give up on EU? Well, you have, haven't you? Let's listen to this fucking song. Representing the United Kingdom in Eurovision 2017, it's Lucy Jones with the song Never Give Up on You. Now you can see how far you've walked The mountains climbed, the oceans climbed Because it's got it's got a chorus. Yeah. Um, I don't need a chorus. It's it's a little Disney in that regard, I think. Because um, I think Disney songs have had that for a while now. A little more, and they've definitely had it for a while now. In musical theater, that's not often necessarily the case that a song has that typical verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus structure. I also don't like that because in, it in yeah it's a, it's a very typical pop song structure and you see it a lot at Eurovision um, but in musical that doesn't do much for the storytelling because you're repeating the same words over and over again and that's not the point of musical that's the criticism that people will have of a musical is they'll say but why are they singing something when they could just say it they're just repeating the same thing in song that they could already say in one sentence. And that means you're watching a bad musical. Exactly. In a good musical, they shouldn't be saying something in song that they can say in dialogue. Even with Disney movies, there's some Disney movies that do a good job of weaving in the musical numbers. Beauty and the Beast stands on the strength of its musical numbers because they each propel the story forward in a way that scenes couldn't have super good whereas some 
other more modern Disney movies like Frozen. Tangled. Don't do that at all. And Tangled definitely just Tangled has songs has in it. Tangled has the weakest musical score yeah, ta- of all... Tangled's songs don't really propel the plot forward. I like Mother Knows Best. Oh yeah, that's a good one. But then again, Mother Knows Best is also not as good as Stay With Me from Into the Woods, which <laughs> no, is basically what it is. Oh yeah, no, that's the same song. Yeah. Um, it's no Sondheim. Well, it's Emily DeForest, who is Danish. So lyrically, there's not going to be any amazing use of the English language. Uh, which, this is the UK. Which is very strange. I agree. It's very strange to outsource your songwriting. Especially you are, if you're the UK. You're the United Kingdom. You should be able like, to... Oh, I'm proud of Britain. No, no, no. I'm, oh, I hate any other country. You should be able to, to write something. Um, however, that will often bring things like Electro Velvet um, or Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> it can go either way. God, why is Britain so bad at this? Why can't they just figure it out that they have some of the best musical artists in the world? Do you think these artists see Eurovision as something serious that they want to participate in? Listen up. If you're telling me right now that Guy Garvey wouldn't be super down for Eurovision, you can leave this house. Don't tell me Tim Minchin wouldn't jump on the chance. Oh, that would be that would be great. Why doesn't Tim Minchin just write a song for Eurovision? Why doesn't Tim Minchin just perform on Eurovision? Yeah, but even if he wouldn't want to perform, like I'd love a Tim Minchin written song. Oh fuck yeah! Which is also very musical theater. Tim he wrote, Minchin he wrote also Matilda. understands genre better than yeah, exactly. anyone else so he could like be like okay i'll write the perfect eurovision song and eurovision would be over it would be it would be like sending love love peace peace as an actual entry yeah but not as flippant perhaps it's just like i think he would be able to get to like the tropes without it being a joke song like he would get to the actual tropes um or he would just send thank you god which is my favorite song ever Or written. any of his songs from Matilda the Musical. God, Which yes. are all very emotional and very good. Oh, my house makes me cry every time. Matilda the Musical is also a very good musical. If you ever have the chance uh, in London to go see it, go do that. Lucy Jones uh, is a very good performer. We watched the official music video, which is a studio recording of the song. So you don't quite get the the power behind her voice you know because it's not a live performance i mean if she played she has played some of my dream roles yes. like the roles that i most yeah. want to play Cosette and l woods mm-hmm. like if next year she's audrey in little shop of horrors i'm going to die i'd love to see her play audrey She's also um, uh, performed in some Kerrigan and Loudermilk concerts. I can't believe this shit. I love her so much. Don't like this song that much. Um, I think the song is not particularly strong, but like I like it's I was. It's a fine ballad. Like I was trying to say, I think she sells it much more live because the power of her voice, because it is such a musical theater voice. 
it relies on a live recording, a live uh, performance much more than a studio recording. But I don't think it's bad, and I think even in this version it's not very... No, 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 I do see its merits. It's catchy for a ballad. Yeah. Which is very important to, like, teens. I think that's actually, you're right. It is catchy as a ballad, which I hadn't considered that that was that strange, but it is very much, which is one of the ways in which it is very Disney, kind of. Yeah, it's catchy, emotional, and Disney. The more romantic teens are going to be really into it. This could appeal to a very uh, a very teenage tween audience. Um, and I think it might have already done so. Uh, this is not unpopular. Joe and Jake weren't unpopular last year, but... I, I miss them. What I, are they doing now? Are they still together? As, like, as a, they were a couple, right? Some people really like Lucy Jones. Oh. As in, like, some people really rate this song. Um, which I'm okay with. I, I think it's it's pretty good. This was also very early on in the uh, in the Eurovision season, and I've sort of forgotten how I feel about this in relation to all the songs. Also, because this has never been a part of you know the meta discussion of who's going to make it out of the semifinals. That's why you kind of forget about the UK and Germany. God, Spain. Uh, God. Italy, but that one's always looming over us. Um, so that's why you sort of forget about like where to put this. Um, some people really like it, and I don't think that's that weird. I don't think it's that weird. I see but what it kind of like... bums me out because like this is once again a trend in like musical theater. I mean, this is a musical theater, but it's it's a song that kind of personifies musical theater the way it is now. And it's a trend in musical theater that I don't like. Yeah. No, I, I see where you're coming from. Steven Sondheim is like 90 years old. There's not going to be another one. So I'm like done with musical theater now. I think Lin-Manuel is really good, but he's no Steven Sondheim. But he's he's got a different approach to lyrics that I think often is good. I understand that there's some of it that you don't like, but that's that's just a matter of yeah. of tastes and opinions. He's also just very much more popular and appealing to a more mainstream music sensibility. I think and that's I think it's, what I, I think don't... it's that musical theater is is going into a very it's going into a mainstream direction a lot of the time. But I which I don't like because I love musical theater that is musically challenging to listen to. No, absolutely. Um, Kerrigan and Loudermilk, Kate Kerrigan and Brian Loudermilk are two uh, young composers up and coming. They've been around for a few years. Lucy Jones has performed some of their songs uh, in concert in London a few years back. Um, And I know that they've deliberately been working on like trying to find songs that are conversational. Mm -hmm. That was like a thing that they were trying to figure out how to like get a real conversational tone in a song because that's something people often talk about when it comes to musical theater but i know that that's something they've been exploring in the sense of like it making it deliberately not that challenging 
but also making it very interesting so that that the songs as a, for a performer become a real monologue you know by adding that conversational speed to the lyrics the songs that they write become more like monologues than actual songs but they also play very much with pop structure and trying to translate that to musical theater so i know that in general it's it's a subject that's you know living with musical theater composers nowadays because they're clearly trying to experiment and yeah, the force isn't a musical theater performer yeah i think that's a, like at the risk of sounding super pretentious I think that's the part of it that I don't like because I like my musical theater to be more opera adjacent. Well, yeah, but that's also fair. I mean, I, I see how this song reminds you of all that. Um, but it is not a musical theater song. It's a Eurovision song. Um, I'm not sure how well it's going to do for the UK. They've been looking for a song to do well for a few years. And I think they've had what they needed a couple of times, but never really managed to nail the staging. And I think, yet again, it's just going to come down to that. Because the song yeah. has potential. She's very good. But if they fuck up camera work and staging again, it's not going to go anywhere. And that's always going to be the same thing. Because Britain has a problem of half-assing Eurovision. Yeah, the BBC has also just forgotten how to stage musical numbers because they don't have primetime music shows on BBC anymore. Right. And often They're great at, like, doing cakes. They spend a lot of time on Strictly Come Dancing, and because of that, I think it's become very tough for the BBC to remember how to stage... Uh, a song when they did have a good song in 2014 they gave uh, molly and children of the universe just like a very bland staging where she was standing still in front of a microphone there was a drummer behind her and some backing vocals still at their mic stand like that's not a dynamic performance that you need more than that for eurovision luckily they've got a single performer uh who if they just work the right camera angles and do good stuff with lighting and backdrops and keep that connection into the camera. Oh yeah, if she... If she like interacts, looks at the audience at home, not just the audience in the arena, if she does both of those things, which just, those are simple things and the BBC just forgets to do it. It's not my favorite song, but it's definitely got potential, I think. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I won't mind seeing this do well. It's in the final anyway. So we'll see uh, on May 13th how well this one performs. What if Britain... Because Ireland isn't going to do it anymore. What? So if Britain just adopts Jedward and sends uh, them... Did you Do you know that... When Lucy Jones participated on The X Factor, that the act that got her kicked off was Jedward. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm so sorry for bringing them up now. Are you kidding me? I'm 100% serious.
love them so much. Yeah. <laughs> she was she was kicked off uh, the X Factor in a, in a battle <laughs> with Jedward. This has been the Eurovision Division podcast. You can find the podcast on SoundCloud. You can download it on iTunes or wherever podcasts are sold. If you're listening on iTunes, why don't you go ahead and give us a rating and a review. You can tweet at us, that is, at Eurodivision. Uh, you can follow us on Tumblr, on eurovisiondivision.tumblr.com. Um, and you can just let us know what you thought about this episode or any of the other episodes, or if, if you want us to uh, talk more about any subjects. Or less about any subjects. Well, don't let us know then, because I don't, that feels negative. Yeah, that will ruin my week, I think. You're just a hater. Stop bringing this up! Join us next time when we'll be talking about yet another song in this year's Eurovision Song Contest and getting closer to talking about all 43 of them. See you next time. Good night, Eurovision.